it is a job it is a means of income it might not be their cup of tea but there are obviously people out there that enjoy it because if there wasn't it wouldn't exist Mm. it's a whole industry which it's like supply and demand if customers stopped coming and spending the industry would die out simple as that Mm. so there's obviously people within the population that love what we do otherwise we wouldn't be surviving the fact that it was such a new thing to me like it's like a new world that i was discovering i didn't know this side of life this whole sex industry i didn't know anything about it i didn't know really how much exists it's insane it's like a rabbit hole and it doesn't end all i'm gonna say is one week of my 40 hours wage at my retail job i made in my first night of dancing ever through stripping i bought my first car but working for yeah. yourself is a different thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Honestly, I would rather work 24-7 for myself than work a 9-to-5 for somebody else ever again. Ever again. I feel like in this industry, like sex industry, you can profit off of so much. You can sell feet pictures. You can sell your knickers. You can sell your used bra or your sweaty gym t-shirt or your earwax. Hashtag sustainability. <laughs> or, like, your socks. You can sell explicit pictures or you know your farts in a cup it's almost like high school drama that never goes away some of these girls are like in their mid-30s and all they seem to talk about is the girl over there's hair or how her outfit isn't right or you know it's like sniggering yeah it's so strange like you're 35 and all you're going on and on and on about all i ever hear like when i'm ever i'm around these some of these girls is how they want to put other girls down and oh she's not good or she can't dance oh she looks like this or her hair's not right have you seen her makeup today it's it's there was quite a few shootings outside my american club that was one of my main frustrations with that club was that they didn't pat people down they didn't really do bag searches and all it would take like you said is just someone to come through the door and just pop 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 not just everyone can do this i think people have to remember that well, the only thing i regret motherfucker is not starting sooner a hundred percent you can say that again a hundred percent hello 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 and welcome back to sexonomic the podcast where we speak about all things sexually related in the wider sexual economy the profiting sexual economy just basic dating information and anything that relates to the horny subject of sex (laughs) so today we have a guest with us she is one of my og stripper friends the first one i met so with Esme, who's already been on the podcast, I also met Amy at the same time because we were all working at the same club. I've just said her name, so it's Amy. She's actually got a shout out in the other podcast, Esme's. And so we've given you that promo, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I was not expecting that. I didn't know about that. No. So Amy initially started stripping in America and she's worked through promotion and stripping and she has ambitions to become a photographer within the industry she's also got a lot of insight into traveling which i know gets asked a lot on twitter and reddit forums and i think she's got some really valuable insight with promoting yourself that way and traveling what kind of documentation how it's easy uh how it's not easy so i think today if you're looking to travel as a stripper this episode's for you so this is amy on sexonomic um so my name is amy Mm -hmm. which i got off of the girls at my first club 
Um, the way that I got my name is they asked me to think of somebody in high school that I thought was attractive, everybody loved them, very confident, all the boys were after her, she, you know, she just had that personality. Uh. And <laughs> this girl came straight to mind, um, her name was Amy, so that became my stripper name. And anything with like a E at the end, like Chloe or Deirdre, <laughs> is like always cute. Yeah, I think it's like girl next door. I think it suits me. It's short and it's really easy to remember. So it's just kind of stuck. I'm never going to change that name. You are very girl next door. Yeah, I've been told that. So I, I've i taken it on board. <laughs> so on one of the episodes I go into, you know, in normal sales approach, you have a soft sell and a hard sell. And in stripping contacts, it's basically girl next door versus dominatrix. You're very like masterful at the like hi, yes, girlfriend experience, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, a bit more of the innocent, maybe, maybe even playing a little bit shy. Like, it definitely works. The shock factor when I do start dancing, um, like an alter, alter ego, yes, coming out. Um, yeah, that's and I love seeing people's reactions as well, like other dancers, as well as you know, clients, yeah. <laughs> you've got a very femme vibe like very you know a lot of dancers a lot of them obviously present as very kind of feminine and but some of them kind of assert themselves within the energy in a very masculine like shut the fuck up and come with me but you're very like gentle and soft yeah um I guess I've kind of always been that way I don't really put on a too much of a persona when I'm at the club. I'm mostly just myself, as 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 I'd like to think. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are times when you know we all tell our little lies or our little tricks, our little sales tactics, um, to come across as more relatable, maybe, or push that sale, like we said. But for the most part, this is this is just me, and I I find it really difficult to lie. So I, I it's the best policy, honestly. So you started dancing in America, didn't you? That's how you got into it. Yeah, I did. I started in the States. So can you take us how you got into it from there? What were you doing? You know, because you're English if you can't tell by the accent. (laughs) Yeah, so I was born and grew up in England and I went to university in America, which is how I got my visa to be in America in the first place. And while I was in the States, COVID hit. I was just finishing university and um, I got my first job outside of after graduating and it just wasn't really, didn't seem worth my time. I found myself uh, drinking almost every day. I wasn't happy. I cried myself to sleep. I hate, you know, I hate to say that, but that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like it was a dead end job. I couldn't find anything else. It was just, you know, it, COVID was hard for everybody, obviously. And um, that's something I struggled with with COVID was finding a job and means to survive. Obviously, still had rent to pay and being in a, a foreign country while going through this global pandemic. You know, my family and majority of my support systems on the other side of the world wasn't in a place where... I could kind of go home and then come back because if I went home I wouldn't be able to come back and I didn't have enough money to get home so I had to work and finish out my um, work visa. I graduated in May 2020. I went into regular jobs, retail, I worked in a photography studio for a little while, didn't work out and 
after retail I just I had been thinking about stripping for years um I had a I had a boyfriend at the time he obviously didn't approve and I didn't want to you know when when he met me and when we got together I I wasn't a dancer I wasn't in the sex industry I had never been in the sex industry before out of respect for him Mm um yeah I I wasn't going to start that but after we broke up and in the way in which we broke up (laughs) unfortunately he did cheat on me um with girls online who I have my suspicions were potentially in the sex industry themselves no no hate to them at all like no. they're just yeah they're just doing their job um but wait so like yeah. what what field were they strippers yeah only so fannings there like oh, what i mean i can't 100% confirm because he didn't let me tell confirm. you your guts never wrong but my guts yeah exactly um our guts are never wrong and i had my suspicions so i know for a fact that it was like sexting videoing and there oh were times when i would like give him money and then he didn't use the money that i had given him to pay the bill that it was for and i'm like okay well where did this money go then so i just had my oh, suspicions oh my God. yeah and it was just really strange because like i asked him for permission to to start an only fans and then I feel like that's exactly how... You asked him for permission? Yeah, I did. I did. Oh, my God. No. I know it sounds really strange to word I, it like that. I know it sounds judgmental, yeah. but when you're in that situation, of course. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's more like... Uh, not that I need permission, but I think when, you're in, when you are in a committed relationship with somebody, not that you need to ask them for permission to do something for yourself, but it's kind of like out of respect. Like... If I had a partner and we're in a committed relationship and they had never worked in this industry yeah. before and they went and started an OnlyFans behind my back, didn't tell me about it, didn't ask how I would feel about it, I would feel like, you know, they did go behind my back and it was something to hide. And I feel like if you're in a relationship and you feel the need to hide something, then you know you probably shouldn't be doing it deep down, the fact that you even had to hide it in the first place. It's more of just like sharing your life with yeah and if you're not if you're not sharing and being vulnerable and having that intimacy and you know with your partner what you know if you can't have that connection what are you really together for yeah well he's a dirty dog and he needs his dick chopping off and putting in a blender and feeding (laughs) back to him but anyway um do you want to give him like a mysterious name mr um not really (laughs) not really just Mr. X, I suppose. So, Mr. No Penis, because men like you should have no penis. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, back so to the story. The, I mean, <laughs> the moral of the story is, t- to be completely honest, I got into stripping and the sex industry almost out of spite. Yeah, but I, I, to be fair, I had been thinking about it for two years before starting. Yeah, it wasn't like he broke up with me and then I randomly just decided the next day, all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to become a stripper. No, like I had actually been thinking about dancing for two years prior and it had been on my mind a lot the only fans had been on my mind for about eight months obviously during covid it only fans really took off and it felt like everyone was doing it but people were also having quite a lot of success on it back then as well and um with the means of tiktok also being very popular during covid i think it helped you know get the exposure for sex industry jobs that Mm. maybe the exposure wasn't there before a platform like tiktok i remember i watched olivia atwood's documentary about the sexual economy and there was a mum called bonnie and she i don't know if that was her only fan's name or her other name 
she like flipped her life around in covid and made such a killing off it and i don't know what you call eight times like increase your income like eight eight tripled her income but also the thing that we will say just from people we know who do only fans to give the other side of it you often see these people who are like top one percent creators saying you know i make so much money but not everyone is in top one percent crisis not to say that you can't be in the top one percent and only fans is something you really have to think about before you want to do it 100 percent. but please don't think that you know starting on only fans is an easy pass just to go and find loads of money it like another job it's hard work and also yep. you will always have that stigma of being on only fans if you want to do it with your chest fair enough but most people don't do it with their chest yeah so i've even had my own experience with that one minute i'm like yeah let's do it you know and i've had the account for coming up to a year now yeah i've had Mm. the account and there's been months where i'm like no i don't want my face on this content i don't want this online i definitely don't want to be known for this and then there's other times when i'm like yes i'm very happy with the money that it's making me for the amount of work that it is because it is it is work and i think that is a misconception about it is that it's easy and oh it's fast cash it's it's really not you have to put a lot of time and thought into it if you actually want to be successful just as a content creator would on instagram i mean the girls are already showing their coochies on instagram but only fans is the same kind of idea of being an influencer you might get sponsorships or you know sponsored to do that content but you have to structure content so your audience is satisfied in that sense it's the same job of influencing or performing for an audience but it's just more adult content and there's also people who aren't doing adult content on only fans shout yeah. out to them yeah <laughs> and for sticking with it as well even after the stigma is so huge now yeah definitely shout out to them yeah imagine just being the person who wants to share their baking recipes and this girl's getting the tits out but then there are also other platforms uh subscription platforms but they're just it's just only fans it really does make it so supreme yeah yeah like they're hosting they they do so much of the work i i honestly i don't mind for them to take 20 percent of my earnings honestly they they make it so easy to use like the website is so user-friendly in terms of the company and and the platform itself and how it works i have absolutely no issues with that like yeah at all i'm more than happy for them i think honestly i feel like they deserve that 20 percent cut in a way because they make it so easy to host yeah and if you are starting or thinking of starting an only fans the one thing that i've personally just seen recently which you really need to look out for is if you have a boyfriend because you were just saying you were thinking of starting an only fans mm-hmm. and your boyfriend said no in some circumstances men will say oh yeah sure um you can start on only fans can i take a cut you know because i'm your boyfriend this is very andrew tatism i mean that's a clip in a video but you know can i take a clip or make sure he's not pimping you out you right. know if you're in a in a relationship and your boyfriend's quite you shouldn't be with him but also if you're going to make an only fans you should be the sole benefiter of the financial reasons of why yeah. you're doing that or who you're providing for you whether it be your children or family yeah i totally agree also these managers you know i've heard of mad shit like you know the managers are like employ people for the girls to reply to their messages and stuff and that's maybe like a more efficient thing if they're making lots of money but yeah i can definitely see the creators who are in like maybe even the top 10 percent 
needing help running Assistance. it. Yeah, definitely. Because it is, it can be a lot. Like you having to reply to these messages all day, filling out custom requests, answering, you know, just answering the emails and phone calls, video calls, whatever somebody might want. Um, some some girls host games or like weekly live shows. Yeah, it's endless. There's so many different ways to make money on there. But I was just going to go back a little bit to the, if you are going to do it with your boyfriend, if you're going to do it together, write a contract, have a contract, um, like make it legal, do it properly so that any issues, you know, that might come up down the line, because it can always be risky with friends or boyfriends, girlfriends doing business together. You just never know what will happen. Like down the road, you just never know. It's always best to have both your asses covered. <laughs> exactly. Always see what the legal parameters are. Definitely. And I think people forget OnlyFans, this is a business. I think because it is sex industry and sex jobs, so many times I find people being so unprofessional and forgetting like this is a business and this is a job and this is people's income. Like this is how people live and survive. Obviously, it's a choice. But at the end of the day, like, that's their money. That's how they, you know, everyone else goes to work. That's our work. And that's what we want to do, what we're qualified for. Like, not just everyone can do this. I think people have to remember that. I'm going to ask you a very hard question before we go back to how you ended up in America. And I have my own answer to this. And for me, it's quite easy to answer. But, you know, we came into the industry because we wanted to support ourselves in a different way. And we probably needed money in a quite quick manner would you let your daughter do any fans i think i would once she's of age of course yeah would you want her to um it's not necessarily something that i would like push for her the to first do. thing yeah like but if she turned if you know theoretically if i had a daughter and she turned to me and said mum can i do only fans i'm you know i'm not going to turn around and say no that first of all that'd be so hypocritical of me but secondly once she's of that age i feel like if i have raised her well enough as a mother then she she has everything she needs to make her own decision about what she wants to do with her life and i would also make sure she's aware of all of the risks that come with it um but yeah if if at the end of the day she still turns around and says that that is what she wants to do and she wants to do that and pursue it then i'm gonna i'm gonna support that because i wouldn't push for my child to do that um, just because it's what I have done. But if they turned around and said that that is what they wanted to do, I wouldn't be the one to stop them. It is weird to think about, though, like these hypothetical. On one hand, for me, I don't know until I have children, but I would only want child- children if I could give them everything they need in life. Mm-hmm. Not want, but need. So, you know, a happy home, education, food, water, all the essentials, and push them in a direction of a career they really want to do. Now us we're using this job to navigate till we get to the job we want to get to because we don't want to work in a bar and Mm -hmm. we've done that already yeah we want to earn a bit of money till we get to that next step in the career but for me i personally i wouldn't disown or anything like that but i would say and i'm at a point where i've worked so hard that you know i've put everything on the table for you i'm gonna make sure you don't have to do that if you don't want to do that but on the other hand i wouldn't have a problem with anyone else's child like 
because it's not my child you know yeah kind of thing it's one of those gray areas it's not the first thing you'd want them to do right exactly that's yeah that's kind of what i mean it wouldn't be like my dream job for her you know but if that's what she wants to do because i do think obviously everyone's reasons coming into the sex industry whether it's only fans or anything else it is kind of a choice and even if it's a choice that people are more so pushed into than others you know you could choose to sell drugs or rather than only fans mm. you could choose to do you know if you need fast cash or you're falling into a certain kind of lifestyle that you want to lead or don't want to lead but you're falling into it i still kind of feel like it is a choice i wouldn't have as big problem with her stripping weirdly but i think that's because i know more about stripping than i do only fans and stripping as long as you go to a decent club in the u well from my experience in the uk and through burlesking you're in a more protected environment definitely most places not every place yeah but i'm gonna throw it back to being in america sure so let's go back you're in america you're like i want to be a stripper Mm -hmm. were you ready to get your titties out i actually was yeah you have some nice titties uh, thank you (laughs) (laughs) so do you thank you Um, (laughs) (laughs) we used to be the big titty committee (laughs) the titty mafia (laughs) yeah waving them around (laughs) uh we had good times um so take me on the process of you decide i'm gonna go to that club right yeah and you go and do an audition how did that go um so breakup was in august I remember, I fully remember calling the club in no September, November. What state were you in? Missouri. Okay. So it's right in the Midwest, like right in the middle of the USA. Okay. Um, some people would say it's like in the middle of nowhere, um, which is not completely a lie. Very much a college town. Like there's yeah. not there's not a whole lot else in that town. Um, Columbia, Missouri. The main employers are like insurance, the university and the hospital. So those are the main like places where people work yeah so i I've, i completely remember somewhere between september and november giving this club the one of only two clubs in the town a phone call and saying hey asking about an audition how does it work what to, what, what to bring etc etc chickened out right so june comes around like like i had mentioned previously in the podcast i had just had enough of my job like i really was not enjoying retail full-time like crying myself to sleep i was i'm gonna tell a little naughty secret now um we used to have like we could bring whatever kind of water bottle we wanted to work so i would bring like my metal um you couldn't see into it my metal water bottle and it would have a bottle of wine in it in which job retail oh my god yes this is terrible um and i worked in the children's clothing department okay (laughs) right okay it was not a good time i was not in a good place at all you're gonna take a leap of faith by going for this audition yes it was my way out it was definitely my way out my visa was expiring in july it's like a graduate visa or um yeah it was my student visa uh, which is how i got in the states in the first place uh the condition of that is that once you've finished school you leave so there's no chance really to apply unless you get a sponsorship from a company yeah Yeah. so the only the only way to get another visa after the student visa is to get a work visa like you just said either through a sponsorship or 
um you know you're like outstanding in in whatever job you do but if you work for yourself you can't get that it's very very difficult yeah you can get like an artist or a entertainment um, yeah entertainment artist which um, a lot of actors and actresses get yeah yeah um and then you can have like very special athletics um visas but you have to be very very high up so yeah basically i got an extension after my student visa and I did get a work visa which meant I had to work within the grounds of what my degree was that Mm. obviously with COVID that just did not end up happening I did get a job in a photography studio but like I said just just didn't work out they weren't they weren't going to give you the spunny were they they weren't giving me enough hours so I ended up I ended up going into retail full time and just I hadn't worked retail before and I was like what am I doing I've just I just spent five years at university got my bachelor's degree you know i've got a degree why am i folding kitty clothes in a store exactly or some swig in my vodka <laughs> not vodka not quite okay <laughs> actually i did bring in some vodka gummies um my last week at that job to celebrate right okay <laughs> yeah so your first audition take us through the process yeah. well it wasn't super different to some of my auditions that i've had here at clubs in england um I went to the club the day before I actually auditioned Mm. to get a feel of the club Mm -hmm. because I had never danced before. I had only ever really been to a strip club twice. So I didn't have a lot of experience in this environment. Mm. I wanted to just go and get a feel for it, meet some other people, meet the management. I'm so happy that I did that. This is a really good tip if you're someone who's very nervous. Definitely. Yeah. I think I wouldn't describe myself as a super nervous person, but when it comes to something like this and I had never done it before, it can be quite daunting. Like, And if yeah. you're in a new country, not familiar with the environment, you know. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Although at this point I had lived there for six years. It was just the fact that it was such a new thing to me. Like it's like a new world that I was discovering. I didn't know this side of life, this whole sex industry. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know really how much it exists it's insane it's like a rabbit hole and it doesn't end well yeah like why would you know about a world where you could profit off your own sexuality when people could profit off you for free right yeah so you do an audition which is i guess just a rudimentary dance on a pole just to see you're confident yeah it's pretty pretty standard they didn't care that i didn't know absolutely anything on the pole i literally just walked around it um and then by the end of the song i had to have my boobs out and that was it this club was not a full nude club so they didn't ask me to ever get full nude we weren't allowed and part of that is because in this state the license is like if you have alcohol then you can have boobs but you can't sell alcohol in the same room that boobs are on show oh technical very it was very technical so the loophole for this was to build the bar like right onto the club room Mm. if this makes sense like and then people bring the cups inside and technically as a business they weren't allowed to ask people what were in their cups (laughs) wow okay (laughs) right so missouri is part of is it part of the Bible Belt? It's quite like a religious... Yes. Yes. Um, I would say Southern Missouri is technically more part of the Bible Belt. But yeah, it's definitely very, very Christian state. Very Christian, very Republican, red state. Like Mitt Romney style. Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, that was your time. Yeah, you weren't yeah, Mitt Romney was Yeah, that was my time. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Republicans, though, they actually pay more than Democrats do. Just from my experience of when they come over to the uk interesting like, they don't care about they don't want to speak about politics they just they want to have a fun time because like yeah you know sometimes you get that weird democrat who's like 
oh my god i really support what you do <laughs> like oh my god i love the freedom but the way you go oh well do you want a little dance just a little one oh no like I, i'm just gonna watch tonight as so you're gonna watch me for free how liberal you know <laughs> yeah i love the accent by the way <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so you do that so what would you say to someone who's gonna go and dance in america and they've already danced in the uk but what's the difference between uk and america in starkness so i was just about to say the uk has nothing on america let's be real Come that's on. why we don't get paid as much as them yeah um so obviously i mean i do some nights but you know (laughs) (laughs) obviously in the states like there's so much tipping culture they Mm -hmm. know how to tip everybody knows like if you're going to a strip club you better bring money it's like going to the casino you don't go to the casino broke you go to the casino Mm. with at least 50 pounds you know to have a bit of fun with and you don't ever take more than what you're willing to spend right so they have good hospitality as well yes they they love to take care of the dancers they understand how it works and therefore i feel like they know that they're not going to get away with uh are we allowed to swear yeah they know that they're not going to get away with like bullshitting your time or trying to run anything past you or play any games there's or like negotiating i have never met a worse crowd than in england i'm going to be completely honest like the amount that they will try and haggle you is insane yeah actually i'd I'd go as far as saying it's disrespectful i'm not a yak at the market yes exactly this is not your saturday market i'm not a piece of fruit this is uh strip clubs are a luxury and if you can't afford that luxury like please just stay at home or go to a regular bar yeah i mean you do get people from like let's say like the east where like haggling just as much as tipping culture is a thing haggling culture is different there which and i understand you know sometimes it's just a barrier that is different in culture yeah. but when the price is the price the motherfucking price is the price especially when with most venues like it's written either on their instagram pages or it might be part of their branding or like their advertising or they've literally got a plaque on the wall of the club or a price list somewhere you know the club that we met at it had a price list on every single table and the fully, website yeah. yeah fully explained what you get for what price how much time etc rules the rules yeah exactly and yet people would read this and still like see what they could get away with fair enough i don't ask don't get but stop them in the yeah. tracks by saying is that how much you think i'm worth mm-hmm. and they go oh no, no no is that how much you think it's worth yeah and as i say it say that uncomfortable thing to me say you think i'm worth that amount mm-hmm. and then they feel so bad that they buy like a little dance or something yeah but what so is touching is is that different right obviously the same with the uk as the states every club is slightly different varying from state to state county yeah. to county and then, yeah and then on top of that obviously varies from state to state as different states have different rules and regulations different areas you know you might have to have a dancer's license or a dancer's permit mm-hmm. um which is kind of I don't know how I feel about that. Obviously, I, I don't have all the information about it because I'm I'm not there and I've never had to apply for one. But from what I do understand, honestly, it just seems like a way, another way for police force or like other forces to take more money away from us. 
what like the government yeah like because some of these permits i've heard they can be up to 250 dollars and if you know let's say there's like 100 dancers you can't you can't see my face because this is just audio but my eyes just widened yeah it's it's actually crazy like i'm not sure if it's vegas or another one of the western states where the permits are like getting up to that high and then not only are they paying you know the dancers are there paying these permits and licenses but you're then also having to pay the club house fees to work and then tipping out a lot of the management at the end of the night food ubers home etc etc so there's a lot of expenses i think this is another really good thing for someone who's never danced before be prepared to spend money before you make it because you know outfits can be important obviously when you're starting out not a big deal but within my first week of dancing i had people complaining that i was wearing the same thing and the same thing and the same thing and i said to this one guy i remember oh like i've just started i haven't made loads but you know if you would love to see me in something else please feel free to tip me and i will i promise you i will use that money to go and buy a new outfit and that's exactly what i did he gave me like 20 40 dollars maybe not loads but enough for an outfit a little neon yeah yeah. um went to the local store there i'll give it a shout out if that's okay it's called cirillas in columbia missouri shout out to you yeah they have like honestly my entire wardrobe like all of my pieces that i wear to this day two years later they're all from that shop Mm. every single thing that i dance in is all from that shop the dress sense is very different from the uk to america so i'm like personal taste i'm not a fan of like monograms (laughs) and whenever i see it i'm like too much monograms why are you wearing fake gucci like Mm. i'm sorry to me personally when you're wearing like a fake gucci monogram bikini it doesn't look expensive it looks the opposite yeah you know but i understand different things work in different places yeah i think the uk explain how the different fashion in the uk and the us is in terms of what you wear i would say the uk is definitely a lot more like this is generically speaking as well obviously everyone's got their own personal preference on what they like to wear and what they think makes them the most money and stuff but i would say generically like the uk is a lot of lingerie like you know your victoria's secret your honeybirdettes your even your primark you know two pieces but definitely Lace. definitely lot yeah a lot more like lingerie whereas we're prudes guys remember this (laughs) (laughs) i would say in the states um definitely a lot more dance wear like Mm. it's almost like swimwear but not quite that material it's super easy to get on and off it's a lot more durable i think you're not going to catch it on anything um they can get more interesting with the designs and the patterns and style and everything but again this is kind of just generically speaking you know there was definitely some girls that loved their lingerie out there as well and i think everyone's got their own personal preference like me personally i do not enjoy wearing lingerie at all i find it very uncomfortable i have my nipples pierced so i always have issues with lace Mm. and i'm i always have like my um nails on i just i don't know i just i don't get on with lace and lingerie i don't think it suits my body type that's interesting because i really like um lingerie i have always felt more comfortable in my underwear than i do in my swimwear Hmm. and i know in the uk they wear a lot more stockings but stockings aren't good to climb a pole right fishnets are the hack if you want to do that yeah yeah but Um, 
to me it's always been very much quintessentially british like your lace and stuff and then over in america it's like all the crazy like unitards and the neons and like how small your like bikini can get to just cover your nipple um like yes and no yeah so again it depends on the club so the club that i danced at in the states for example the high-end escort in the uk that's what i would call it you have to look like a high-end escort okay yeah kind of, well i would yeah. say like lingerie model type thing yes i think like victoria's secret model or whatever yeah <laughs> that's how i would just like again we're generalizing but that's how i would describe the uk stripping scene um but i do think it is slightly changing in the uk a little bit like i do think um especially with some of these more like away from the clubs some of the private stripping agencies who book private events and nightclub events I, I do think they're trying to move more over to the american style and get girls like a lot of because stage doesn't make money here nobody uh, again generalizing but i feel like nobody really cares about stage too much over here and like a lot of clubs that i go to like not a lot of the girls have loads of pole tricks or have a huge like stage presence whereas in the u.s if you didn't have some kind of stage presence oh that's it you're losing money like there's there's so many nights in the u.s where stage was my biggest money maker the majority of your money would come from stage one night i remember quite a few times because i was a baby stripper as well and hadn't worked in sales for a super long i found it quite difficult to sell like the hours like the hour-long vips and you know they're getting up to about five hundred dollars and I just had a bit of a hard time like trying to sell those as a baby stripper and we didn't do any extras or anything like that and obviously in this like college town that's not super crazy rich it's not like a big city or anything like that obviously you'd get your big spenders come in when Drake's there (laughs) everyone's having a good time well actually I have a little story 50 Cent pulled up on a Monday what yeah he was in town um promoting his new I think it was a cognac at the local Hy-Vee and afterwards he came by him and his crew he sent his guys in to come and check the place out it was completely dead um it was quite early on a Monday night very random and uh unfortunately the manager like told him to move his car he wasn't allowed to park his car right outside the club and he was like f this we're leaving it's dead in there anyway like can't even park my car i was so mad and apparently he had a big stack of money on him and went and spent it at some local bar instead i literally like we were the manager fumbled the bag for you we were so mad all over like some parking space what like oh he gets you get the club gets a fine fine pay that fine with the money 50 cent gave you 50 cent isn't gonna care about a parking fine no come on like it's a little little parking fine and that's that's if he even got one in the first place like they just didn't want his car to be parked right outside the club doors i know in america because basketball players they go to the strip club a lot so when they travel state to state to play different games sometimes they'll come into different clubs and stuff like that so Um, this is a really key point because not that it's a regret but it's like if i could ever like you know hypothetically if i could go back in time um i was a student athlete and so we would travel almost every weekend from like january to may or june out of state and go to different states different cities across the us and like i always look back now and dream 
if I had started dancing earlier, earlier. And, I, and when we were going, like when we would go to these cities, I would do my competition. I was quite often the first event. And then the next few days, I would basically just be supporting my team and exploring wherever we were. The place, yeah. And I just, I can't stop thinking about how much money I could have made dancing at these places with these cities especially in the south i feel like they you know they know how to have a good time and And they love some thickness they do yeah which i definitely had especially back then (laughs) my ass was so much bigger back then i was like lifting weights all the time (laughs) i have a close circle who i tell what i do right but it's when people say do you think you'll ever regret it the only thing i regret motherfucker is not starting sooner a (laughs) hundred percent you can say that again a hundred percent i might not have been ready at 18 but i would be a rich lady yeah i i just i can't stop thinking how much different my life would be right now and how much money i probably like would have made we wouldn't be here doing this podcast i can tell you that we wouldn't we (laughs) wouldn't we wouldn't i don't know where we'd be or what we'd be doing Mm -hmm. but yeah things would be very different i think everything happens for a reason 100 percent. i think i came into it at i think i was like 22 or 23 when i started which is quite that's a good age where you developed enough to start it yeah like i was definitely like i was mentally ready Mm. and i think with all of these things you have to be like it is best to be mentally ready and just know that you know if you start it and you don't want to do it anymore great you tried it stop you don't have to keep doing it. Nobody's forcing you to do it. You know. And if you ho- don't like it, stop. Right. Exactly. Listen. Listen to yourself. Listen to your body. And you know, f- for example, I knew in January that I should have quit that retail job. However, I persevered through until June. I pushed myself. I, I shouldn't have done that. I learned a big lesson doing that. Never ever. You know. Sometimes you're losing time. Yeah. Quit while you're ahead. Sometimes, like, not saying quit. Nobody likes a quitter. But in terms of my mental health... Invest in time. Yeah. yeah. Time is money. And this job has definitely, definitely put a whole new perception on that. Esme, she started dancing bang on 18. But she strikes me as someone who was very much ready and she was escaping, you know. Yeah. But basically... I look at some of the babies that like when I say babies I don't mean babies in terms of stripping like young girls who come in and it's just anyone can strip but you're not ready for it yeah if you're still doing immature stuff of like not immature like we've all been there like oh you know my boyfriend uh, he he wants to like control what I do and stuff you're not ready to make an informed decision to go and make your money Mm -hmm. you know and unfortunately this is a story that I have seen so 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 many times at every single club that I have worked in there's been girls who are in some kind of relationship and it it brings problems into the club quite often even if you know even if they their partner never physically steps foot into that place the fact that it's put her in a certain kind of mindset and you know everyone else is having to listen to it and and Mm. you feel sorry for them you do when i was a teenager you know i don't i don't feel ready to go in on it on my own personal podcast but when i was a teenager at school i was sexualized a lot and i just kind of laugh it off and put it aside but it's only until i was an adult and i did this job i understood from the male gaze you know we do get dances off girls and couples and stuff but it's predominantly men the male yeah. gaze that exchange in sexual currency and that energy yeah. and how to really handle that 
and i just think nothing's gonna prepare you for that but yeah sometimes just watching it is like deers and headlights and i always try and find those girls and just say look they're gonna try and push and push and push and push you for stuff but you always have the power and i'm thankful for this job because it's told me i always do have the power and i don't have to do jack shit for you (laughs) you know the other day i had a customer who said are you gonna squirt for me downstairs i widened my eyes and he thought that meant yes which i knew what i was doing like yeah is that a lure and then (laughs) i didn't squirt and then i basically i knew i was not gonna squirt i don't play with myself in a dance because that's a different job right and then i was just like you know what babe i'm just I'm, i'm not feeling it you know i'm just not whatever and he was like oh that's fine that's okay and i knew the game plan was that that was the route i was going to take not that i was going to do this thing for him so it's just taking those manipulations you can learn pain into power yeah it's like there are times when i think some dancers take you know we said a little bit about manipulation like i think that sometimes some of the girls they they are promising it's at the point where they're promising too much and then they're almost completely lying to get them into a VIP. Yeah, and can't I, th- do I that. think that's wrong. I think that's so wrong because it leaves a bad taste in that customer's mouth. They can go write a bad review, and then nobody will ever trust clubs again. Or, or you know. especially because it's written on the rules, we do not engage in sexual contact. What I'm speaking about is the grey area of where you just widen your eyes and go, yeah. "Well, what happens in the private room stays in the private room," which is not a lie, and you're not promising anything at all. Like it, that, it's true. What happens in the private room does stay in the private room. Just you being know. suggestive. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. Which is all part of the game. It's all part of you know at the end of the day this is adult entertainment and that is entertaining i would you know it's the excitement the Mm. the mystery like ooh, it allows your imagination to run wild which is part of the entertainment if somebody gets that confused as a dead set yes this is definitely going to happen what i'm thinking in my head is exactly going to happen even though i didn't communicate this with the dancer it's all just in my head we dance a very fine literally dance a very fine line the mo as a stripper is you want to make them want to fuck you and you want them to like be obsessed with you they want to see you as something they could potentially have in their life that you'll get so close that you just might like leave it all for them but you won't that's the game but you will never leave for them right yeah just the imagination it's getting to the boiling point yeah you prefer the u.s a hundred percent i wish i could go back i never actually wanted to come back to england it was just kind of a push came to shove and i ran out of options what's the <laughs> maddest shit you've seen in a strip club oh it can be like anything um i would probably say well, there's been a few things so un- unfortunately there was a girl who not od'd but she'd taken too much and i think it was xanax she was knocked out for like nine hours in the change of rooms laid back in this armchair like mm. people went and checked on her because like honestly she looked like she was dead that was mad that was actually mad um people Did you get to keep a job yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> i know <laughs> which is crazy and then there's people being fired for like doing a lot less um what else i would say there was quite a few shootings outside my american club um, okay the weekends yeah which was quite honestly was a bit terrifying sometimes because you know obviously we had security they'd be strapped as well take someone to have a psychotic episode and go 
with the gun yeah the one thing i didn't really like about this club is they didn't pat people down there wasn't like a you know when you go through airport security and there's like that metal machine it goes boop if you've got like metal on you or something like if you've got some underwire in your bra or whatever i would get shot in a u.s club for some of the attitude i give customers back i don't think so i would because like in most businesses in the u.s they're they're private businesses so they can say at the door like they can have signs that say you know you can't carry um only i think only police or off-duty police would still be licensed to carry in a venue i again don't quote me on that packing heat well yeah i mean that was one of my main frustrations with that club was that they didn't pat people down they didn't really do bag searches and all it would take like you said is just someone to come through the door and just pop 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 pop. that's it especially because now they have cracked down a bit in terms of like in the u.s you can't have a thing that you attach onto a gun and turn into a machine gun essentially right but back then when you were working there they could do that no um I don't know. And I, I don't really want to speak on something that I don't know too much about. This is a stripping podcast, not a guns <laughs> podcast. Anyway. Yeah. So but yeah, that was something that we dealt with quite often. Like I would be in the middle of a dance with a client, not fully naked because it wasn't that kind of club, but like, you know, practically because our thongs were so tiny. We were practically naked and somebody would, you know, you'd kind of hear it outside and then the music goes off and someone shouts like, girls, upstairs now, in the changing rooms. And you'd have to literally, you know, just grab your clothes and just run upstairs and we'd lock ourselves into the changing rooms. I'm going to guess it wasn't panic roomed out or safety out. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't like a panic room. It's just a generic lock on the door. Yeah. It was quite scary, not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, you just shoot the lock and, you know... <sighs> That's awful. That's just things we don't have to go it, through. It became normal, honestly. It, it, Think I was, about the kids became, in the school, though. I became so desensitised to all of that kind of stuff. Now that I'm back in England, I do notice loud, sudden noises that sound similar, like a, a balloon popping or like an engine, not backfiring, but you know when the exhaust kind of goes bang? Yeah. Like, it, I do, I flinch. I notice it. And it's like, it does kind of make me sad a little bit because that's the environment that I was in. A lot of people in Soho in London, they ride motorbikes and they zip along this long road in Soho. It can sound a lot like a gun with the kickback. So to move on as nice as I can from gun control, you went back to the UK, back to home, and you started working in London. Yeah, so... this is where stripping came into promoting. Kind of. I moved back to Reading, England in November 2021. was two clubs in Reading. I went to work at one of them for a month, and I did five days a week, all of December, and I was not happy there. I wasn't I found it very, very difficult to make money. There wasn't a lot of customers. There wasn't loads of girls. I just found it difficult to make money. And and the difference between, like, American men and English men, like, I was just having a horrible time. I felt like I was never anybody's type. I felt like they were making fun of me and, like, my size, my height with my heels on. Because in the States, all of the girls wear, like, seven or eight inch heels, no matter what height you are. People are taller there as That's well. true, yeah. yeah. I feel like, on average, people are taller in America. So, yeah, I was just always getting comments about my image and how I looked like you know for reference I'm like a size 14 16 I'm about five foot eight without heels on so with my heels on I'm about six foot two you know I used to do um, professional sports so mm-hmm. I have quite broad shoulders and a bit of a muscular athletic type frame and um yeah I think 
English men, they find that quite intimidating. Was it predominantly English customers? Yeah, okay. in Reading, yeah, definitely. Um, well, that's right. Mostly English customers. Yeah. Yeah, I just wasn't really ever anybody's type, I think, and I found it quite difficult. In the UK, it's a lot... I hate this thing about types. I want to do an episode more about it, but I know, for example, in Liverpool, the strip clubs, there's actually a really good one that... but we try and refrain from saying names yeah I, i've not worked at it so i can't vet it myself but it's your classic liverpudlian girl they employ all different sizes but you've got to have the hair the extensions the lashes the lips you know you've got to have the tan the naked hair mole rat from the eyelashes down everything yeah which is another form of type you know right like completely put together yeah in my experience what has been nice about london is that most clubs will employ a different types of ranges of girls but the customers can sometimes be very clicky when the customer who likes you the type of customer who buys dances off you is in you're laughing you're making so much money right but when he's not you're not yeah it's um like in the states it wasn't super often that I would get rejected but I could ask for rejection tips and that was another way that I made yeah. money um obviously this is like two years ago now but yeah that I I did I made some good tips off of people just by or like say for example I would sit next to someone or they would end up coming and sitting next to me and then they would ask me to go and get another dancer for them I would say yes of course can I have five dollars or like, like referral $10? fee yeah like yeah. A, almost like a referral fee or like if you if they're too nervous to to go and do it themselves and they're basically asking for my help of course i'm going to help out my friend but the dancer but also i want a bit of you know there's nothing wrong with me asking for a tip as well and also this is the thing if you don't ask you don't get so i always 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 ask for a tip ask for a rejection tip ask for a tip just for talking to you joke tip yep i know you did very very well with your jokes tips i hadn't heard of that before that was the first i'd heard of jokes tips i am the founder of the jokes tips so I love you're that. welcome i have we're not going to speak about money but i've worked out i've made about one month's rent over the past year just on jokes that's so cool that is literally so cool i love yeah. that because a joke can spin off to them just giving you like what like 20 50 every you know 10 minutes or something yeah you know i love that yeah uh, i do miss it i'm try, not gonna lie try your technique like just hone in what you're good at right you yes know? definitely definitely we even though we like present quite similar in looks i mean yes we have different hair colors and you know a little bit taller whatever we have different styles don't we but when we come yeah. together our styles complement each other i agree but that's because we work at our own individual styles you know i've had a lot of fun working with you in the past i've had a few very fun vips of course you have <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> but the thing is you're an actress as a dancer as well you have to sometimes the fun is the fun you know you're having fun yeah. in the vip i tend to not drink on the job but on occasion when i'm making a certain threshold of money i will have some fucking champagne and one night we Why were not? having champagne and it was rolling about on the floor literally <laughs> clothed not naked i didn't want to catch <laughs> hepatitis c so anyway <laughs> yeah um, but no so you then start working in some clubs in london didn't you right so you joined the club we met at when esme no actually no. i didn't so i started the first week of january 
Yeah. Okay. Um, that what was, a week to start. Actually, you know what? My first night, I had a very good night. I'm not going to say the amount, but that's the most I've ever made on my first night at a club ever. It's a Soho-based club. Yes, it yes. is. Yeah. And it was insane vip pretty much all night long like right from the beginning and then this club actually had a sister club that was open until later so we even like transferred over to the other club afterwards and um continued the vip party over there it was it was insane i was like wow is this what this is going to be like because i could get used to this it wasn't american but this was after covid yeah this is after covid imagine before i know i know i can only imagine like it wasn't american themed or american feeling but it was the closest in england that i had found at that time they call it table dancing right because peter stringfellow history lesson he brought kind of stripping culture back from new york and what they did a lot there maybe because based off the licensee was table dancing so a beautiful woman would come up to you maybe when you're eating food which not many people want to see that with eating food and then she would dance for you and obviously pay for that dance and then she would go away um in soho where we have worked it's a no-touch policy so you're quite protected yeah yeah um yeah this club is absolutely no contact at all whatsoever even when you are clothed uh, the staff can still be a bit funny about you know putting a leg on a lap yeah they don't like any of that um fair enough again it's it's to do with the licensing um they can't afford to lose it yeah i think the fine is something like i'm not sure what it is for the dancer but i think the fine for the club was about five grand which is quite quite a lot when you think about how much it costs to keep the club a quarter of a vip (laughs) yeah (laughs) but so you liked this club and it was good i did i i really loved this club i felt like i found my home my english club home Mm. and my first two weeks there i'm not joking i was in vip every single night and i was like oh i've hacked it i know how to sell vips now this is it because like i said in the states i wasn't selling too many vips i was making more like just single dances and stage money i was still doing very very well and it was very consistent i would say that that club in the states is still where i've made the most and most consistent money Mm. but yeah this club in in soho in england very much felt like my home i was there four or five nights a week almost every week really enjoyed it i loved dancing there i loved the area that it was in the location i liked the i i liked the system and i also didn't like the system i think we could all kind of agree with that but at times like what do you mean in terms of that well the system was good if it worked for you and on some nights it works for you and on some nights it can work against you to the audience what is the system of right how a customer comes in money or, or so management what with this club the girls you don't really walk around you kind of you you kind of sit down the majority of the night schmoozy yeah yeah you know a few girls on each table not too many um because apparently you don't want to intimidate the guests as they walk through the door intimidation <laughs> fucking works sometimes <laughs> um but i do understand what they mean like it's very high-end place wasn't it it was a high-end place and the girls looked high-end and were all beautiful um and all of our outfits matched that 
aesthetic um, yeah. yeah the menu definitely matched that theme amazing service at times <laughs> obviously sometimes it would get busy and service would slack a bit but mm. i think that was probably a staffing issue rather than a system issue um revolving door of staff while we're talking about that <laughs> not dancers just general stuff yeah i feel like for the time that i was there which was january to november 2022 i don't really feel like loads of dancers came and went like obviously people would come and audition and they wouldn't stay or they'd come and audition do a week or two decide it wasn't for their like their kind of club and then move on but i feel like for the most part from january to november the main core group of girls were like the same it became like a community very very quickly and like you're spending all of this time with them as well like every week four or five shifts a week and also you have that intimacy with each other as well because you've basically seen everyone naked at this club the dancers the single dancers that weren't vip they were out on the main floor and they were fully naked which is daunting at first it 100 percent was daunting i had never been at a club like that or heard of a club like that ever even in other countries since like to get fully naked in front of the whole club on the floor just for a single dance i have not seen it so you know my first night in that club Mm -hmm. i went over to a customer he bought five dancers on the floor naked so that was my first and then he got went into a vip (laughs) i love that scary to a yeah well first timer yeah and also five dances five songs that's like 15 minutes cash yeah it's like 15 minutes start of dancing and even our stage sets aren't that long obviously we can dance but after like the first two or three songs it can be like okay what am i gonna do next am i keeping him entertained i don't know how did you feel when you had to do five dances on the floor and fully nude in front of the whole club (laughs) pure adrenaline yeah because i'd never well i've burlesque but you keep everything concealed the the goods so to speak right Uh, but no i've i think i've told this story before in previous episode of what happened so you can go back and listen to you know my beginning episode that is the first episode i ever posted but i just found it really freeing but also intimidating exciting i just got like something like 150 pounds yeah then i did a vip I mean, now yeah. a girl, if she makes £150 in a night, she goes, yeah, don't like it. To me, I was like, I'm rich. Right. I can, like, pay my gas bill this month, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think also the adrenaline of, like... I thought I made if, it that night. I thought, yeah. oh, wow. But, I mean, even if even if you don't think of it as, like, oh, that's what I made tonight, and you just think of it as, like okay wow i made 150 in 15 minutes because that's technically all you worked for like the time length Mm. that you actually danced for Mm. rather than the time that you're in the club like imagine imagine making 150 pounds every 15 minutes that happens sometimes that'd be amazing (laughs) but i know girls who've in that type of business model they've made more money on the floor than they have on vips i think that's because you can bust out a lot of dancers quicker 
then like say for, say for example we just said about five dancers that is i think it was the same price as a half an hour vip yeah so if you're but, keeping cash some clubs will let you keep cash right. and if it's on a card system they take 40 right but if you are collecting just cash 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 mm-hmm. but also the time difference like five dances like we said that's five songs which is about 15 minutes because let's just say for example each song is three minutes long or whatever and then there's five of them so 15 minutes so that's the same price as a half an hour vip so technically if the floor is busy it made more sense to us as dancers financially to stay out on the floor not go into a vip and just keep getting dances 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 and it burns some calories as well of course i i personally i'm the type of person where i would rather do that because it also opens up more space for tipping i feel like while you're then dancing for them not all the time but every now and then maybe once a week once every two weeks somebody would tip me while i'm dancing there's a girl i can call her by her dancer name um i'm sure she wouldn't mind because it's her fake name (laughs) but she's called trinity and one day it really wasn't my night but it was her night it was everyone's night but my night i've never seen more notes on someone's body than trinity on this night literally fucking 50s all around her panties Mm -hmm. a bunch of 50s under her boob she was holding 50s i'm sure there were 50s in places that i couldn't even see yeah you know and then she had to go unload her like money and then collect more money and stuff the amount of money she must have made in that night was insane yeah i think you might have been in that night there was that arab it was those two guys yeah Yeah, and the exact same thing happened to me like um it was right at the end of the night i was too busy crying in the toilet (laughs) oh no no not really just metaphorically Ah, okay okay (laughs) it's Um, not worth crying in the toilet about well i mean it wasn't uncommon for any one of the dancers to be crying in the toilet at that club (laughs) but i'm very much like pull yourself together and go yeah Yeah, of course but yeah like at least once a night or once every couple of nights there'd be somebody crying in the changing rooms for whatever reason some nights you're not going to be the flavor yeah Yeah. exactly and which is which is part of the job but and it doesn't make it any less difficult or hard sometimes when it's again and again and it is is one thing to take rejection but when you've taken it week or day like hour after hour after customer after customer after week after week and then sometimes it can even feel like it's going on for a whole month or two Mm. and you're just waiting for that big breakthrough and then like you have that breakthrough and you're like oh yeah i'm back on top i got my mojo back let's like ride this wave and keep this positive energy and then you come back the next day and it's like boom you're not the flavor again like oh fuck (laughs) you know what though we had a famous five in that club who like to think that they were everyone's flavor oh you know what they were good at their jobs they've they've done it for a long time and i'm not speaking about 100 top dog i'm gonna call a top dog top dog was good and she was kind to everyone and she would never make fun of everyone you know you're a top dog when you don't have to make fun of anyone 100 um we know who top dog is i think so but basically so we've uncovered on esme's podcast what was happening in this club is that the manager was getting paid to put the famous five into different vips over other girls but basically when this got found out and they were just like the rest of us it's so funny when like you're having a good night and other girls having a good night Mm -hmm. and they're not the flavor they don't understand it i know you know one came up to me and they didn't know that i knew what was happening and they said i just don't understand it they're deluded they literally deluded i think they're deluded you think you deserve it more than me yeah okay 
honestly i think that is how they acted the thing that is the most harmful to me because i have had troubles with it in the past when you're like size 12 plus in the club you become a bbw and i hate it Mm. like suddenly you are like literally plus size but they go oh you dance well for a big girl yeah those backhanded little microaggressions and yeah. things like little compliments that aren't really yeah you know underlying meanings and this this group of girls actually two of them told me and another dancer who was of a, a similar size kind of or similar mm. body type to me or, or to us that we should stop eating and go to the gym and then we can look like them so basically, if you're not a size eight, I sometimes feel like I'm Godzilla in a sea of humans. Like mm. I'm huge. And yep. even like the girls who are bigger than us, I can't imagine how they feel as well. I don't know. I definitely. And they may bank. I, yeah. But I, I definitely agree. Like I feel or I'm made to feel absolutely massive. Like I'm a whale or something. Like yeah. I think mixed in with the height as well. Like just being a bigger girl. And I'm not even like, huge you know what i mean like i wouldn't say i'm obese i wouldn't say i'm like i'm overweight or anything i'm uk average but like you said when you're in the club everything everything is down yeah Yeah. if you if you're not a very small size or if you don't have a completely fake body like fake boobs fake butt like that look type thing be prepared for jealousy yeah well i I don't know if i would call it jealousy no but but be prepared for jealousy when you make money you don't have to do the shit they do that's true that is true i think jealousy comes with the job as well like whether that's over image or success or money clients yeah it's it's all over the place you know what i what type of customer i always do well with i mean you can tell me if you do well with it too they're like italian granddad it's like they want like because they don't they like a a woman who enjoys life yeah. they want a woman who you know just has like a little jiggle on her bum and you know looks like she eats spaghetti and stuff but like the younger you go i've always found for me personally the younger the customer the more kind of porny they want the dancer to look the more kind of yeah. pumped up and I could agree that with luck. that. I could get behind that, yeah. Not, but, I mean, obviously not always, but yeah, I would agree generically, yeah. And yeah, and you know, if you want to do surgery, do surgery and consider it and whatever, it's your choice. But for, I would say, mid-aged men who are kind of maybe married or have a few kids or something, they always seem to prefer more natural looking women because that's from back when they were younger and stuff yeah i think a lot of guys say they like the natural look but then but this you is end not up cut and dry for everything this is yeah, just our experience yeah of course i just i do feel like a lot of men who say they like the natural look when they come into the club like maybe they like the natural look in the real world in their personal life but sometimes i feel like when they come into the club they are looking for that fake exotic or opposite to home like opposite to home like something you know and this is what the manager of the club that we used to work at would used to say like when guys come here they don't want to see what they've got at home they want to see something different they want to see a show they want a performance they want you know they're paying for it kind of like Mm. entertain them and yeah like don't wear what his wife's gonna wear when he gets home which is i hate i honestly don't like thinking about that it makes me a little bit uncomfortable because i still have morals and things 
before being a stripper i'll be bothered if my boyfriend went to a strip club but now i wouldn't be bothered yeah i think as long as he said oh i went you know yeah i think if don't go alone though because you can have it at home (laughs) yeah why not invite me like if i have a boyfriend okay let's go to the strip club together and i I love going to a strip club i always go on halloween that's become a bit of a tradition and i think i might go to my birthday at a strip club this year Mm. as well lovely when's your birthday uh it is august 31st okay i will just say you can find my amazon wish list on my instagram (laughs) yes if you want to buy amy sugar daddies and gifts you can go and find her amazon wish list or anyone if you're just nice and you want to buy her a gift you can buy her a gift but yeah i don't feel icky of uh, i'm an, an adulterer in a relationship because to me, this is my selling technique of when they're like, oh, I feel a bit guilty. A strip club is a testament to the strength of your relationship. It's saying, I can get this close to pum-pum, pussy and tits, and not touch. I can go home to my wife and proudly say, I didn't need to touch. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel don't... slightly differently. Like, if, yeah. I'm in a, if, if I was in a committed relationship, first of all, I don't think... I would be dancing anymore. Okay. Um, just because I'm not sure how comfortable I would, like, I personally would feel. Like, I don't know. I just feel like if I was in a committed relationship, I wouldn't want to get naked in front of other people for money or even in general. That's interesting because I'm usually considering myself more of the prude, but that's interesting to hear from <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't think that I would want to do this job if i was in like a serious committed relationship because for me like for me it just wouldn't seem like it sounds ridiculous maybe to some people but in my head it makes sense (laughs) like i don't think it would be fair like what i'm just going out getting naked in front of all these guys and on stage and everything and showing off my body and then my boyfriend is supposed to be 100% loyal and you know he can't go and get naked in front of girls and whatever like I don't know I just wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable about it I suppose because I come from acting like that side yeah I, I think I've not been in a relationship with anyone that seriously to go through it but to me, I would expect them to just see it as an act because, like, to me, body is just my shell. Right. And then the inwards thing is what they will never, ever get. Yeah. And we're not touching. If it was touching, I would feel different, personally. True. I think it's because also, like I said earlier in the podcast, like, when I'm at the club, I don't necessarily put on a big character or change myself yeah. too much. Like, I I would like to think I'm pretty much myself through and through um, who I am when I'm at the club because I, I don't... I don't know. Me, personally, I don't feel the need to, like, put on a character. Like, I don't know. That's just how I feel and that's what I'm comfortable doing and it seems to work, like, just being me. So because I am myself and then I'm also getting naked, if I was in a relationship, like, I don't know if I would if i would enjoy it anymore i would don't think i would enjoy dancing anymore if i if all i could think about is my boyfriend at home like oh i'd rather be with him yeah or i don't really want to be getting naked for this guy even though he is paying me i'd rather like save this part of myself for my boyfriend which is maybe a bit more traditional with all of that being said though if i was to get into a relationship because i'm currently single unfortunately if i was to get into a relationship right now he would have to be okay with my lifestyle because i think it's different like if you meet someone 
and they're a dancer and they're already a dancer it can be fun and exciting and at first they really enjoy it but after a while when they catch feelings then it can start to really bother them and I've noticed that even with guys that I'm dating where it's not technically a committed relationship I'm just found in my experience that they would prefer to date someone who like didn't do this job oh yeah massively yeah Yeah. 100% I think that's a no-brainer and I I completely understand that at the same time like it's not ideal if if I met a guy and I found out you know that he was a male stripper first of all I'd be really excited because I think that's really cool but I'm sure after you know after I caught feelings and stuff I might get a bit jealous I might not like it so I, I try and see it from both sides like it's, I try your, it's where your jealousy shoes. points are isn't yeah, it you know yeah 100 because I think especially with when it comes to male stripping like it's not really in club venues in the UK like the you know in the states they've got like Chippendales or so, something else like another club out there but we get customers complaining about Magic Mike because they don't get the cocks out <laughs> it, that's the, I was going to say in the UK the closest thing we've got to male stripping is Magic Mike but obviously they don't actually strip more artsy and choreographed and, yeah you know very choreographed which very I love very skilled highly highly I 100% appreciate I went for my birthday last year and honestly I would go again and again and again <laughs> but stripping <laughs> is getting something out uh, yeah yeah but I suppose I, so I started off in burlesque would you feel differently about continuing burlesque if you were in a relationship no i think i think the line for me is, is ha- the getting naked so like yeah. i would be happy to dance but there's just two pasties and a pasty on your pom-pom but it's all covered what that slit is the thing that is the difference or the nipple i mean i don't know like it's a very I've, fine line i'm not super like informed about burlesque i've never done it i've never really gone to show like too many shows so i'm not i don't really know too much about it we did actually have a dancer at the club we used to work at who is very good at burlesque she's like top five in the world yeah and she was so much fun to watch on stage and her personality her vibe that she brought to the club her energy amazing it was a bit frustrating because she was totally herself and then would get praised for it but when I was myself and I brought my energy and my personality my costume or not costumes but like what I like to wear yeah I would kind of get hated for it and I would get comments from management I'd get comments from staff I'd get comments from other girls and just bitchiness it's very selective yeah Yeah. it's like why is it I mean as with all things in life like (laughs) why is it okay when this person does it when this person does it it's not okay I can tell you now because when you come from a world of burlesque um i don't like it i think stripping and burlesque are both skilled mm-hmm. as long as you can go around a pole that's where the skill is in the in, right. in, in stripping around a pole it's a class line isn't it if you look at it burlesque dancers they kind of fumble in and out of sex work because they're not showing any private parts so they can be classed as normal dancer um, but then you go to strippers and strippers are looked down on by burlesque dancers. Yeah. Then you go to, I suppose, like an, an escort. Yeah. And strippers look down on escorts. Yeah. And then there's hardcore hookers. And then, yeah. you know, hardcore hookers are looked down by escorts. Mm-hmm. And kind of, if you look at kind it's of true. trophy wives who are just gold diggers, you know they'll look down on sugar babies but what are you doing you're just like marrying him and fucking him for money so are you really just a sugar baby yeah at least the sugar baby's got the freedom right 
there's so many different levels to it and it's like I I, I completely agree like mm. again obviously generalizing but I do feel like each category looks down on the next category like the more hardcore I suppose it gets the more exposure each one above that is like oh no I would never do that but it's we're all part of the same industry and we all need to support each other yeah we're all different we fight we don't we don't particularly have to like each other but let's love each other and be there for each other when we need to like women and then there's dominatrix in the corner yeah yeah (laughs) doing their own thing (laughs) 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 but women supporting other women yeah especially in this industry of all industries of all jobs you would think that you know this industry women would i mean i guess it also comes down to competition perhaps as to maybe a reason why and just general bitchiness and like it's almost like high school drama that never goes away some of these girls are like in their mid-30s and all they seem to talk about is the girl over there's hair or how her outfit isn't right or you know it's like they're sniggering yeah it's so strange like you're 35 and all you're going on and on and on about all i ever hear like when i'm ever i'm around these some of these girls is how they want to put other girls down and oh she's not good or she can't dance oh she looks like this or her hair's not right have you seen her makeup today It's, it's mental i love dancing and i love the confidence it's given me the financial freedom and i love the just conviction it's given me but i'm in my 20s and if i've not had an evolution by 35 and not progressed either out of dancing onto the thing i want to do then look at yourself yeah you know the most bitter women are the women who've been there for years and they can't do much else apart from just dance maybe they feel stuck like maybe they feel stuck because it's all they've ever known you know maybe they didn't have a degree or go to school there wasn't maybe there wasn't anything else that they were really interested in but this is what i cannot stand i cannot stand women who don't funnel their money into things that aren't worthwhile right i get sometimes you know when you first start dancing or there's a dry period you're just going to pay bills and that's going to be it just to get to a to z but women who are not there to build their own wealth their own financial stability yeah i don't get that if you're just there for gucci purses yeah i don't understand either like if if you're not stripping for the money or obviously it's not solely for the money but if you're not stripping for the money what are you doing it for yeah or you're just spunking your money up the wall yeah and which maybe you know like i said maybe it could be due to a lack of education which could mean a lack of financial education maybe that's like a i don't know i do notice a difference like or i've i think it's very socio-economic yeah dependent i think it is quite like i admit that maybe i did things not the normal way around like i got a degree and then i started stripping same most people would probably strip while they're doing their degree or before, before. their degree and but then we are coming out of covid true it was different times then we're in the hardest economic point we're going to be in, in for a while so i wouldn't be too harsh on yourself in that respect of course not i i just have obviously over time noticed like some girls kind of look down on me for having education <laughs> and then the, being a dancer it's jealousy perhaps I put a lot of things down to jealousy, but I, it's just weird. It's like, I, like, what's holding them back from, you know, I mean, obviously, who knows? Maybe they don't have the grades or they don't want to put themselves into student debt or something. But at the end of the day, if, if you want education, like higher education, I would never vote against it. I, I think it would always be beneficial. 
education is not the be all and end all of getting where you want. I think a lot of degrees That's are true. completely faff and fluff. I don't think they're needed. That's I think true. you're probably better becoming well. You don't have to become a stripper, but going through an apprenticeship or mm-hmm. training and getting paid to train, even if it starts off as a minimum, I think that's better. I yeah. think university, half of it, not all of it, but half of it, is probably like one of the biggest scams. Like young people in our generation and yeah. society will ever face. You're getting okay the money to pay for the loan, and the universities get you know your nine grand you maybe get five grand in the UK as a maintenance loan in London, less if you live outside of London. But at the end of it, you're paying interest on a loan that will get wiped after now 40 years. Yeah, That's just a way of the government constantly getting a feed of allocation of money from somewhere. Which, I don't know. I wouldn't have gone... If I'd have stayed in the UK and didn't have the opportunity to go to university in the US, I would never... I don't think I would have gone to university... I would say to if I had children and I was not in altruistic financial position and I said right it's a real decision you've got to make and you didn't have the luxury of just going for the sake of going I would say you might not use that degree you might not but make sure you want to study it make sure you're interested in it you're not going just for the experience and you're there to fucking work hard yeah because if you have a proof of degree at least you can work hard at something say look I got it right yeah yeah I think like more and more jobs are looking at the fact that you have a degree and not actually what your degree is in or where you got it from. Yeah. But again, that's... But I mean, everyone has know. a degree, is it? That's special, really. Exactly. Now it's like the done thing is almost a master's. And like I've noticed it in America, I feel like more and more now, okay, I've got my bachelor's, now I need to go and get a master's. Now I need to go get a doctorate. Like, when is it going to end? Because <laughs> like you're 30 years old almost, especially coming out of education. That's that's almost like, say for example, you retire at 60. Like that's half your life that you've spent, excuse me, in education yeah. rather than, you know, you could have been working or like building your own business or something. Especially in a doctorate in something so uh, vocational, you know, not really in STEM or, mm. or in, you know, the yeah. humanities or something. I think there's better ways of doing it. But to segue <laughs> yes um you recently have found a different business venture haven't you through dancing yeah i have so speak to me about what you're widening now in your portfolio in terms of you know adult entertainment i know you've got the dancing down are you doing a bit of sugaring are you doing a bit of a bit of promotion and a bit of agency work yeah so i'm doing some agency work bottle girl hostessing um, exotic dancing birthdays events things like that so exotic dancing differentiation between traditional stripping um well with a lot of these bookings we wear nipple covers we're not actually stripping so mm. we're just yeah i don't really know what else to call it other than exotic dancing yeah um, because it's not it's not like podium dancing or any it's not choreographed or anything like that it is still like sexual but we're not getting naked it's like nude implied but we're fully covered like big pasties and like the clothing stays on it doesn't come off at all i podium danced (laughs) for a little bit and someone in the audience was having a bad night and someone shouted smile you miserable bastard oh no because you need to smile if you're podium dancing yeah to your calvin harris and you're like (sighs) you know anyway back to your portfolio 
Um, so that's the agency side of things. And you know, that's taken me into some music videos as well, which is, I would say, my latest adventure. Mm-hmm. I'm quite enjoying that at the moment. Bit of a video vixen. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. um, the promoting, I got into that January 2023. I was approached by a Mayfair promoter who I had met before and I had actually gone on one of his nights out in the past he had a job opportunity and said to me I really like how you're promoting yourself I like how you're promoting your brand and your dancing I like what you're doing with your social media basically and he just asked me if I would like to come on board he explained the job and how it works it's all commission based I sell tables in Mayfair nightclubs and I also have guest lists across all of Mayfair predominantly for for women and yeah for each guest that comes on my guest list I get a certain amount of money and for each table that I sell I'll get it depending on the club and and what kind of night it is I might get anywhere between five to ten or twelve percent of their uh, table spend okay oh that's quite nice it can be very nice especially if you know sometimes I do it all from my phone I might not even be in London I'm part of a team so we help each other out and we host each other's guests from time to time say for example I host on a Wednesday I might not have any guests for that night myself but maybe my rest of my team does and I'm just hosting their guests while they're at home or elsewhere hosting at other clubs so yeah it's really nice to feel part of a team that's a really nice feeling um, having been on the team and all throughout uni and then not really having that team aspect in my life since it's been a good adventure that being said the first two months or two or three months felt like so much work because I felt like the amount of time and effort that I was putting into it wasn't being paid back to me mm. financially but with promoting it does take months to get yourself on your feet get recognized get regulars have people coming back to you understand how it works because every club is slightly different and so yeah the first couple of months honestly I almost quit I almost quit but I'm I'm so happy I didn't because after about four or five months I did have a breakthrough and now I feel like I know how it works I'm very happy with it I'm comfortable with it and it's exciting Yes, it's really exciting. And connections, if you're in entertainment, connections are always really good um, through promotion. But I would advise anyone who is dancing also not not to have another job but maybe just a side hustle that stimulates your brain because as Amy has said in the podcast, if you don't use it, you lose it. (laughs) So you need to make sure you're still stimulating your brain because dancing, yes, you're having the mental back and forth and the sales kind of thing. But yeah. do a Sudoku puzzle once in a while. Or do a job that pushes you a bit. Or learn a new language or something. Yeah. Like that was a little bit of a hobby that I had for about three months going on. And that was really fun. It ended up benefiting me because I did a bit of uh, travel dancing in that country. So those words, it, it kind of impressed them. The fact that I had taken the time to learn language, some of the language. Yeah. The yeah. biggest ammunition you'll have as a stripper is showing them you have brain cells. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> not just a pretty face exactly <laughs> so the, so the traveling sorry even when you can speak to them about politics or culture and really go toe to toe with them yeah you know or like current events they yeah. love that yeah i feel like so many people are aged at the moment partly due to covid probably as well they're not really watching the news or like staying up to date with well, i wouldn't events. it's fucking depressing of course of course i do feel like especially since covid like younger people have just stopped watching the news and don't care like we're in our own little worlds so much we're such entitled 
spoil Gen Z as we are. Well, I don't know if I'm Gen Z or not. You are. So anyone from 96 is Gen Z. But you get called Zillennial because you're on the cusp of millennial. Yeah, I'm on the cusp. You're still you're a Zillennial. I'm not going to say what year I'm born in, but yeah, I'm around the cusp then. So you're mid-90s on, onwards. But basically, <laughs> you do travel dancing. So you've gone quite a bit around Europe. Yeah. So I've been to, obviously, obviously the US, um, England... Um, and then I've also been to Tenerife recently and Athens, Greece and Mykonos, Greece. Which one's been your favourite so far? Ooh, my favourite so far? Probably, I would say, it's really tough actually, which one's been my favourite. Obviously the States is my favourite, but I don't necessarily consider that as travel dancing because obviously at the time you I were lived, living there. I, yeah, I lived there, I worked there. In Europe, what's your favourite? In Europe. Mm, I think Mykonos was my favourite. Unfortunately, I just went at the wrong time. It was like the beginning of the season, so there was not a lot of customers there at all. Mm. Thankfully, to balance that out, there was only three or four of us dancers because Mm. they hadn't brought in a lot of girls yet, knowing that the beginning of the season would be quite slow. However, since I've been there and done that, unfortunately, they've, you know, realised that... Because we applied for papers while I was there, like, and we went to the police station. I had to sign some forms. Not, like, in a bad way, like, we were applying for a work permit and I got the news back that despite applying and going through all of this process with these papers and waiting and waiting signing everything like it was a bit of an ordeal that due to the UK coming out of the EU that it's just not going to be possible for them to have English dancers this year Unless, it might be next year when something's yeah. facilitated, but when we're still hashing it right. out with the EU. Yeah, currently I was informed it's just not going to happen unless I'm able to apply for like a permit this side of the border if in England. Because like obviously I was in Greece applying for it. Mm. So I wonder if like maybe I apply for an EU or Greek work permit from England I think it will become I don't know it will become easier as the line is drawn more yeah yeah Yeah, we're not we're not for Brexit guys I'm not personally okay wait are you for Brexit um not necessarily oh look they fucked with your permit not not necessarily everything that it's come out like resulted in but I'm not gonna lie I did vote for it (laughs) I didn't get to vote and they fucked with my future ah okay yeah I, I was like months out from voting yeah, I mean, I don't really want to go into my political beliefs too much, as this is like. Oh, I've lost dancers kind of. from getting into political debates, but anyway. It's, yeah, actually, I've turned down dancers from. Like, I've actually turned down money due to people's beliefs or like if i sense that they're homophobic or like racist or anything like that like i just i won't take yeah from them they don't deserve to see me naked i think especially when you the race thing has happened quite a lot where we are, are in a club with dancers who you know different races and ethnicities mm-hmm. and you have to support each other and yeah when you hear that kind of thing the weirdest one is i had a republican u.s arms dealer in the soho club and as we've established i'm not really for guns i've not lived in america so i can't understand from their perspective which i completely understand as growing up in a country where there isn't guns but he was like you know are you really into guns and i was like yeah i think we should have them here (laughs) (laughs) i think we should yeah I mean, when they took them away, I was like, really? (laughs) But obviously, you know, 
yeah 800 pounds later yeah exactly like this is one of my favorite phrases i don't know where i got it from or if i did come up with it myself i don't remember but sometimes you gotta take a bit of shit to get a bit of sugar or you gotta put up with a bit of shit to get a bit of sugar and it's Mm. like you just put up with the bullshit for about half an hour you know as long as it's not completely unbearable then at the end of the night you forget about it you go home with your money then it's a new day the next day and that is not in your mind it just happened i heard a similar one of even salt looks like sugar Mm. Mm. that's a good one we know some some sugary salt (laughs) (laughs) it's making me think of like salted caramel chocolate covered pretzels or something (laughs) yummy okay so you've obviously danced around in europe america uh uk when you're traveling when it comes to your head what's the things that you should have in terms of organization of when you're traveling about okay so i would say each of my trips so far have probably ended up costing me between 400 to 600 pounds in expenses so that includes flights hotel or accommodation food when you're there um taxis or car rental any kind of makeup i don't know like just generic expenses Mm. for the trip while you're there so account for that yeah so definitely account for that plan for that because you don't want to be in another country and find you don't have enough money yeah to check reviews of the club obviously for safety yeah for safety obviously everyone's experience at a club is is going to be their own and not every club is for every girl and vice versa you have to be a match for each other i would say do as much research on the club and the country that you're going to the area that you're going to be in as much as possible i'm not going to lie i have made the mistake in the past of not fully researching a club and feeling a bit blindsided kind of like how we entice people into dances sometimes like you're not lying to them you're not doing anything wrong but you're not exactly telling them the whole truth so you kind of let them believe what they want yeah. to believe and it ended up with this club in particular that I'm that I'm referencing that there was two brothels downstairs no so the client had to walk past two brothels to get upstairs to the strip club which does not make any sense to me whatsoever (laughs) and then the girls would have to like we would all stand out on the street and pull the clients in as they're walking by and try and pull them into the club but it's like when you're pulling them upstairs to the club and you've taken them off the street they're walking past two brothels to get up there so it's like any kind of incentive they have to come for a a non-touching nude dance they can literally just go and get a blowjob or what the whole works right downstairs what country was this in this was in tenerife there we go enough said moving on (laughs) yeah i would not recommend at all but working for yourself is a different thing isn't it yeah oh yeah i honestly i would rather work 24 7 for myself than work a nine to five for somebody else ever again ever again i would rather struggle and know that everything i have i have because i've worked my ass for it and nobody's bossing me around telling me what time i have to be into work or you know i don't have to explain anything to anyone like, and there's no elevation of your finances well there's no stock limit right there's no ceiling there's no limit like when i was in retail for example there was no ladder to climb with this the possibilities are endless and don't once you start riding that wave and there's so many different ways of making money i feel like in this industry like sex industry you can profit off of so much you can sell feet pictures you can sell your knickers you can sell your used bra or your sweaty gym t-shirt or your earwax hashtag sustainability (laughs) or like your socks you can 
sell explicit pictures or you know Tame your farts yeah. in a cup <laughs> god <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that story no <laughs> there was a girl who like made herself sick because she sold she farted too much because she was like putting it in cups and selling it <laughs> oh my god right we oh, need to get her on the hope, pod yeah obviously i hope she's okay but it was that was quite a funny are story you out there? are you okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah or like even dinner dates you know when we mentioned earlier a little bit about sugaring and things like that like or okay so most recently i'm not gonna lie my trip to gran canaria was paid for by a client who took me abroad and not only paid for the hotel the flights all my food drinks whatever I wanted anything while I was there also gave me x amount of money on top of that to cover what I would have made if I was in England working for the week is that a sugar daddy relationship no it's not a sugar daddy relationship it's just a a client who wanted the company but it wasn't like I didn't sleep with them or anything. Okay. Like, it wasn't like that. Yeah. That's quite a rare thing to find. Very rare. That was my first ever experience or opportunity of, like, being flown out as such. Like, obviously, well, not obviously, but people in the past have offered it or talked about it or invited me so, so many times. But I'm always so wary about it. They want a bit of shh up, you know? Yeah. Or, like, what if they say they don't, but then you get there and they do, and then you're stuck there? Or, like, this one, for example, I had my own room. And then they had their room. But what if it was like we were in the same room together for a whole week? And what if I didn't like them? And we didn't get along? Sometimes when we work a shift at the strip club, we come home and we're just mentally or emotionally drained because we've been like entertaining people and occupying them and conversating with people all night long for like six, seven, eight hours. Imagine having to be turned on like a light switch morning all week. Morning to night. Morning's like 24-7, every waking moment. So, Yeah. I mean, that's not how it was. That wasn't my experience with this trip, but I can definitely see the dangers of these kinds of that kind of way of making money if I was to do that again in the future. I think um it's just important to set your boundaries as well. 100% of what you're comfortable with. But this industry, I would like to think based off what I've seen and the research I've read around. When we have more agency over what we do, it's not here to harm women. It's here to give women freedom. Last month, I did some traveling in Europe and I met a girl who, she was a dancer as well. And she worked in Italy and she was a bit older than me. So she was around about late thirties and she had invested into Tesla stock okay cool years ago when we were still probably in nappies well i mean tesla didn't exist when we were in nappies but anyway (laughs) and i said oh okay you're still dancing and she said yeah i i do a shift or two per month just as fun yeah now because of dancing the money i invested into tesla stock i never have to work again wow and she goes from different european country to different european country she has a property in malta I think she has a shared property in Dubai. So, yeah. Do you think that's not progressive towards women? I don't know. To the people who say it's not. She's got a fucking house where she can go. Right. You know? Yeah. And people want to take that away. I I just personally don't understand it. Through stripping, I bought my first car. Vroom, vroom. Like, outright. (laughs) Like, I outright, full cash paid. And then on top of that, paid the annual tax, the annual 
insurance you know without stripping well expense it a bit like the petrol come on hun yeah and (laughs) i mean the petrol every week no problem like it's honestly driving i think in my opinion is cheaper than and more time efficient and reliable because the trains have been awful the past year and a half strikes we think you guys should get paid more though i do agree with that yeah i do i do think they deserve more money but um, I don't know if anyone's ever ridden the tube, but I find the tube unbearable. Like the air quality down there. Like I've actually got sick because of the tube. I mean, the many tube times. is the tube. It's not the Eurostar, many is times. it? Yeah. You know. I've never been on the Eurostar. I have a couple of times and it's nice, but mm. Paris, Amsterdam and Brussels, I think you can go to. But to wrap this all up and summarise. Right. What do you think within the UK, because that's where we're based, what do you think attitudes would be more helpful towards sex workers to change in the public opinion? I think I think probably just acceptance mm-hmm. and respect, because at the end of the day, it is a job. It is a means of income. It might not be their cup of tea, but there are obviously people out there that enjoy it because if there wasn't, it wouldn't exist. Mm. It's a whole industry, which it's like supply and demand. If customers stopped coming and spending, the industry would die out. Simple as that. Mm. So there's obviously people within the population that love what we do. Otherwise, we wouldn't be surviving. Exactly. It's, it's, it really is as simple as that. And in fact, there's actually new strip clubs being opened almost it seems like every year so it must be a good industry and profitable industry we kind of mirage what's happening in corporate britain so when we're suffering in the club that means something's going on with the economy right and a lot of our customers are from corporate environments and stuff so a lot of it is entertainment through that which are the people usually in the highest parts of society making the highest decisions. So I don't know. The one I've always struggled with is, do you think you're making an honest living? And I say, yes, I think I do. But what do you think? I think that the amount of work, time, effort, energy, etc. versus what I'm getting paid is right. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm happy with what I'm making and I wouldn't have it any other way. And it's also very, like, to me, it's very satisfying knowing, like, I earned this. I would say I'm not getting paid by anybody else, but technically that's exactly what our job is, getting paid by other people. Well, there's no middleman. Yeah, there's, yeah, no middleman. Apart from when you you pay on card. Right, you could say that the club is the middleman sometimes. Yeah. But I think it depends, like... But you show up for yourself exactly like i love the freedom that this lifestyle gives me and the opportunity you know if if it's my friend or family member's birthday okay great i'm not working that day i go to their birthday like i am living my life i really am i know we all joke and this generation says that oh live your life live your best life i i really do feel like i am like i don't think i've missed anything that i have wanted to go to in the past two years like if, if i wanted to go to a festival I've gone to it. If I wanted a car, I bought one. You know, I feel like I've been able to do everything I want to do. And like, yeah, there's been a lot of struggle in there as well. Don't get me wrong. I've really struggled at times. And I got into a tiny, tiny bit of debt at one point just because I was struggling so much and had had bills. 
but again we're in cost of living crisis who hasn't probably struggled with that a little bit recently yeah. or at least seen a decrease at some point I felt the tightness of it yeah, yeah at least at some point you know but that's kind of just a reflection of what society's up to at the moment and the way things are moving so you feel happier of the direction you went in on that day you quit your job in america 100%. in the retail job all i'm gonna say is one week of my 40 hours wage at my retail job i made in my first night of dancing ever so on that note we're gonna wrap up the podcast i think so thank you for having me thank you so much amy i think the audience are really gonna appreciate what you have to say if you do want to follow amy we're gonna attach her links below but do you want to summarize it yourself um that would be at pink.princess.amy.x on instagram tiktok twitter OnlyFans, and anything else that i can think of <laughs> on social media if you have an event coming up and you would like a dancer i also do pole hire so if you would need to hire out a pole you can email me at pinkprincessamyx at mail.com and promotions for pr and nightlife in mayfair tables and guest list you can find me at amy.promotes.ldn on instagram and my whatsapp which i will not share on this podcast but if you message me on instagram you can get my number <laughs> there we go um and if you want to follow any of the sexonomic links below feel free i'll leave them in the bio and if you have any input or you're a practitioner yourself who wants to be involved in the conversation please feel free to get in touch with as i said the links below thank you so much amy thank you bye bye